This is a 980 CKNW podcast. Welcome back to the Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980 CKNW. Maureen McGrath hosting this program for you tonight. We have lots to talk about in this hour, the second hour. We get a little bit more risque as the night goes on. Uh, we're going to be talking about uh, why there's a recommendation for men to have sex twice a week and why will that benefit you also going to be talking about Hugh Hefner and the controversial man and legacy that uh, he has left behind Uh, also are you with the right partner and but right now we're going to start out with a call from Helena hello Helena hi how are you I'm doing very well oh good and yourself I'm fine thank you I actually wanted to discuss, go back to what you were discussing earlier on, which is mental illness. Mm-hmm. And it's affected my, me personally in the sense that I was with my partner for 23 years. And when I became mentally ill, um, well, I'd always obviously been there, but I didn't realize it. And I fell into depression when my father passed away. He stopped having sex with me. And thinking, and I tried everything I could and thinking, well, I wouldn't think you'd want to. And I'm like, well, does dancing on a table in lingerie not give you the hint that I would like to? And he, we didn't have sex for the last five years, but we were together at all. Um, and his excuse was literally because I was depressed. And, and, it's, and it was just the ignorance, even with that, where that would be the time when I think most people would want to be held and, and I, he wouldn't hold me anything. And and so it was almost like that stigma. Well, you're mentally ill, so you're obviously, you know, not into anything romantic. Which I think, for most people, that's the furthest thing from the truth. That's what we need. Absolutely. And did you get treatment for your mental illness uh, I'm, fairly I'm soon? Still in, I'm still in treatment. Did um, you go on medication? Yes, I'm on medication, um, but my libido's fine. Because often peop, uh, the side effect of antidepressants, the SSRIs, mm. are uh, the side effect is low sexual desire. I'm not actually on an SSRI, so mm-hmm. that's maybe the difference. But no, my libido is fine, except everyone's basically turned their backs on me because of the mental illness. And that's what I also wanted to talk about when he was, the gentleman the, was stating that the stigma of having a mental illness and the ignorance that there still exists is astounding to me. I feel that mental illness is where homosexuality was about 10 or 15 years ago. We've come so far with homosexuality, and I think that's awesome. It's great that it's natural, it's normal. You don't, you know what, you're born that way. Or if you're bisexual, you can choose. There's nothing wrong with those things, and it's becoming clear and clear to more and more people. Um, but mental illness is now the, the big stigma. And was it depression that you suffered? I I've, I've, have bipolar 2 and anxiety, but it never really, I can see it now throughout my life, but I was abused my whole life, mm-hmm. and so I didn't realize, um, I thought it was just the abuse. And when my father passed away, I realized that there's something more going on, and that's how I, I realized like, how I was able to take care of everybody, go to school and work, is because of like the manic part of my bipolar. Right. And when my dad passed away, it was the depression part. But, yeah, with the depression, my my husband, that was it. Our sex life became nothing. So, so he was okay years. with the bipolar when you had the in- less intense elevated moods associated or hypomania associated with well, bipolar, was, his, too. His, his mother 
um, was bipolar, so it really astounded me that he didn't understand it that well, and he um, really cut himself off from me. So there wasn't a lot of support, emotional support, but physical, absolutely nothing. And I did try, <laughs> and he it was like no, but uh, it was like he was like he he felt as though he'd be taken advantage of me if he'd slept with me. Because I had a mental illness. Right. And prior to the diagnosis, everything was fine. In well, your... it was okay. I was a lot more passionate than him. But, um, but, you know, I mean, we had a normal sex life. He wasn't as adventurous as I would have liked, but it was normal. And then after that, it was, it was nothing. And, and it was astounding when he said that. That's why, because I look at you now as someone as, like, to be taken care of as a child. Right. And, you know, a lot of people do say that, you know, it, it's um, because when when there's any illness, uh, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to be mental illness, but the, there is caregiver um, burnout. Mm. Uh, it's, it can be very tough. But he on, wasn't, the thing is, he wasn't my caregiver, literally, where he just um, took a step back from me. So we almost became roommates. Right. Uh, so, so he like he couldn't emotionally become attached to me anymore or sexually because of my mental illness. And and maybe it had something to do. I'm not you know playing devil's mother. advocate with with the fact that it was you know like his mother and perhaps he cared for his mother and he didn't want that in yeah. his relationship potentially subliminally. Yeah. Um. This may not have been something that he was yeah. aware of. Yeah. I think yeah. I think because uh, yeah, he really closed himself off and. I mean, obviously, you know, and I never cheated, and the relationship had to had to end because I have my own needs, and I've always been very sexual. Um, you know, I'm Italian. We're we're very sexual. Oh, I know the Italians. <laughs> um, so, uh, did you um, did did you cheat, or I mean, did he cheat? Sorry, did he ever go outside of the relationship? I don't know. You don't know. Yeah. I, I don't know. Um, there's. Some people say some things. I just, um, I don't know. And it's, if he did, it's okay because it's been a few years. And right, because because men not, sometimes, but but if they if they aren't sexual, they're embarrassed about that. If they have lower libido than their wives, it's something that well, they're embarrassed about. He was I'm not going through a pack of condoms a week, um, and I was working night shifts. Oh, he was well. Okay, but he said he wasn't cheating. Oh, okay. So. But for me, at that point, well, he I'd was practicing safe sex with himself. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, very safe sex with himself. You know, they so. think uh, we were. So yeah. So, but it, but it's just that where I, I just wanted to state um, about the stigma. Yeah, of absolutely. Where mental illness is, and and the ignorance where people really should inform themselves if they know anyone that uh, that has a type of mental illness, inform yourself of it. Yeah, and you don't think of the uh, stigma happening in a couple. You know, you just don't think of I that. Especially with one that he'd already, um, he, he, his parents, he saw, and his father, right. there, and they did have, a, from what I knew, a, a normal sexual relationship. Yeah. So it was very, it was a very strange period, and, um, but yeah, and this, uh, so, so it's like, no, women, men, depression we're not all alike, but don't assume that we're not into sex because right. many of us truly are. Right. And endorphins are wonderful <laughs> if you're depressed and, and if the partner's the person who's depressed, if, they're, if, they're, if they have a mental illness, if they're willing and they want to, then it's just, it's normal. That's right. 
That's right. And you want people to support you and uh, people to see it through with you. It's always so much easier. Yes, and if they don't, and if they're not comfortable, then say it so that the person can move on. That's instead right. Instead of feeling that. Th- That's like, right. But once once you're treated, there's no illness. You know, when the treated yeah. when the illness is treated. And you and you're like much like the flu or cold that lasts forever. <laughs> yeah, that, well, it's like you know, if, if I'm all of this is a chemical imbalance, and that's right, and it's it's not like the boogeyman. It's a chemical imbalance. People have um, diabetes. Do you you know stigmatize them? No, that's if right. They're born with it, and so people just have to realize that we're we're not the exorcist. They're not scary people. You know, we just have our different. Absolutely. So. Sometimes there are behaviors, though, of people with oh, exactly. hypomania, and uh, they can be the life of the party. They may use yes. and abuse substances because of their illness. Yes. Um, they might be dancing on tables in their underwear at the party, which may be inappropriate yes. at the time. Or um, also living with somebody who is depressed, you know, I would imagine if they can't get out of bed, if they're always negative, if they're angry, because it can come through that way. So it can wear on a person. It's very difficult, but I'm I'm not condoning uh, stigmatizing people with mental illness. Getting the right help is the right thing to do. And each one is very different. And that's one thing that's really important. And so if your partner has um, been diagnosed with mental illness, you have to really, you know, um, understand that person's mental illness, and if you can live with it, and if that and, you, and your partner can live with you, obviously, and if you can't, don't just cut the person off and not say anything and don't speak, right? Because then it's just it makes because that's the most important thing, and sex is extremely important for everybody. It is. So absolutely, you're singing my song, sister. Yes. Uh, okay. Well, I'm glad you're well, and and I and good for you for taking responsibility for that illness because I think that's important yes. for anybody with any illness to and take responsibility and get the right I treatment. I was wondering. I don't know if you guys do. You, are you giving away anything? Because I need. I <laughs> gave it away. Oh, you should. Oh, we we darn gave. It. I only have one pair of wearable vibe underwear. Oh, darn. But anyway. Well. All right. Maybe next time. Well, thank you so much, Alina, for your call and sharing your story. You're That's very, very lovely of you. Okay. Uh, and uh, as, she, as she said, uh, as I said, she's singing my song. Sex is important, and uh, and I'm going to tell you just how important it is, especially for men, because they didn't study women. Hello, I'm Maureen McGrath. You're listening to the Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980 CKNW. Welcome back to the Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980 CKNW. Maureen McGrath hosting this program. Got lots to cover tonight. Um, I did want to mention, I, I mentioned the hot flash in the city, but we're going to be answering questions about estrogen. There's big questions about that. There's been a lot of uh, information in the media that has not necessarily been accurate. So there's going to be gynecologists at the event in North Vancouver at Centennial Theater on October 19th. Lots of other issues that we're going to address as well. Dating, midlife, vaginal pain, vaginal dryness. The Mona Lisa Touch is going to be there. It's a new hormone-free laser therapy to treat your vaginal dryness and painful sex, leak, light bladder leakage as well. Um, so got that covered off. Next thing, I want to tell you about a study that uh, has uh, that I came across, that having sex twice a week for men, because they never test women, reduces the chance of heart attack by half. So men who have sex at least twice a week can almost have their risk of heart disease, according to this research. They studied a thousand men, and that this study showed that Men who indulge in regular lovemaking about twice a week. So lots of people ask me, how often should we be having sex? Okay, so go twice a week. Um, because you're 45% less likely guys to develop life-threatening heart conditions than men who have sex 
or who men who are in sexless marriages, which is sex less than ten times a year. So about one, if you're having sex once a month, okay, not enough for your heart. Um, so the investigators, this is interesting because the clinical investigators of this study, um, what was done in um, Britain, uh, actually now are advising doctors to screen men for sexual activity when assessing their risk of heart disease. Now, I know John Weisler is going to be coming on. He's a cardiologist who comes on this program regularly, and I'm going to ask him specifically about this. Is he asking his patients about their sex lives? I know he and I have talked about this in the past, um, and he's, he sends patients to see me, so my guess is he, not really. But he's so busy. He's got so much to do. He can't really do that, too. Um, and, and sex has long been regarded as good for physical and mental health. So this study, um, actually this study was done at the New England Research Institute. And it was done for a thousand men between the ages of 40 and 70. Um, so the other thing I wanted to say about this is that this is no uh, excuse for, you know, my apologies to all the women out there who are just fed up with their husbands, that you don't want to have sex with them. And then he's coming to you going, I got to have it twice a week. Okay, you can't be a jerk. <laughs> You have to be nice. You have to take care of yourself. You know, you got to be young at heart. There's a lot of things that you've got to make yourself attractive to your wife about in the long-term relationship. Um, and and uh, I bet, I was thinking, like, what if they did study women? Um, this this uh, research was published in the American Journal of Cardiology. But what if they did study women? Um what if it came out like, okay, for women who have sex twice a week, um, you actually increase your risk of heart disease? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, but it would be good for the same research to be done for women to actually find out because heart disease is the number one killer of women. So why aren't we looking at sex and women? And oftentimes sex stops uh, in women at the perimenopause uh, or the menopausal years because of the decreased estrogen receptors in the vagina and you get vaginal dryness and painful sex, uh, light bladder leakage at that time as well. So, you know, but the thing is you might just be in the wrong relationship. I had an email while I was away. uh, No, while I was away, just off the air for like two minutes. Um, Dear Maureen, my daughter has been married for 15 years. She does not love her husband but her husband loves her. They don't have any children. He doesn't do anything wrong, but she is done. Would it be beneficial for either of them to have counseling? Well, my answer there is, you know, therapy is a gift you give to yourself. You know, she may feel like she's done, and that's also a bit of a red flag. Why is she done? Is there something that he's done (laughs) that has made her done? Um, And also the therapy, everybody has, everybody contributes to the problem in their own relationship. So you can't blame the wife, you can't blame the husband, you can't blame the partner, whomever, the person that you're in the relationship with. You've got to look at your own contribution to it. But you could be in the wrong relationship. And that is a really big question because a lot of people settle. So you might be with the wrong person. And so there are some things to think about. You want to think about how your relationship affects other areas of your life. Are you upset a lot? Do you feel like your normal self? Do you feel like there's something wrong with you that you need to fix quickly? Are you feeling down or hopeless most of the time? And, you know, look at how you're interacting with your partner. Are you bickering all the time? It's completely useless to be the bickersons. So everyone is human. We all make mistakes. We get grumpy. We have bad days. We're, you know, and with long-term relationships or any relationships that are going 
going to be ups, there are going to be downs. You hope there's more ups than the downs. But there are some toxic behaviors in relationships as well, like criticism, which is attacking or blaming. But some people can't take anything. And so they, even though they're not being attacked or not being blamed, they will say, she's attacking me, she's attacking me. They get defensive and then people don't listen. They shut down. There is contempt. And when you get to contempt, it's a very toxic and dangerous uh, emotion or behavior or feeling. And then there's stonewalling as well, which is toxic. Also, you throw up a wall between you and your partner. And so nothing can ever be good. So, you know, um, you can have uh, these issues. And if you have some of those toxic behaviors, you know, it may not be the best relationship, but counseling helps you to um, help counseling helps you to be better in your next relationship. And um, so you want to look at yourself, too. Do you display any of those toxic behaviors toward your partner? Partner, Are you critical all the time? Are you defensive? Do you just not listen? Are you showing contempt? Um, and, you know, are you, do you feel remorse after this kind of behavior? It can be abusive as well, especially if you have that remorse. So there can be a cycle of abuse. So you want to look at your own attitude. You want to examine yourself, your partner, and your relationship. There are ways to do that. There are a little, um, like the coal attitude, be curious, open, accepting, and loving. And you might find some solutions you hadn't found before. Sometimes we think the grass is greener elsewhere, but it may not necessarily be. I am Maureen McGrath. You are listening to the Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980 CKNW. Okay, welcome back to the Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980 CKNW. Just when you thought that navigating the muddy waters of modern dating couldn't get any more horrible, there's a terrible new trend that is rearing its ugly head, and it's called submarining. And so that is when somebody you've been seeing disappears for an extended period of time, but then randomly resurfaces with some version of the classic text, hey, what's up? Uh, and you have no idea why. You don't know why they left. You don't know why they've returned. But uh, it's not the nicest thing to do. And um, and so a lot of jerks do it. <laughs> anyway, so don't be a jerk, basically. And there's not much you can do to stop it from happening unless you want to block them from all of your platforms. Um, so that's submarining. So we have a lot of different uh, dating trends that occur. But, um, you know, that's one thing. But this is definitely worse, I will tell you. Do you watch Big Little Lies, Matt? I haven't, actually. No. I, I, you know what? I don't know. I mean, I can't really say I loved it. It's not like the, most, the deepest thing ever. <laughs> but anyway. Um, but it was interesting. And um, so something happened on that show. I don't want to ruin it for people. But um, there's one couple. The, the woman who, uh, the character who play, is played by Nicole Kidman, they have like the perfect life, the beautiful home, overlooking the ocean on a cliff, you know, blah, blah, the hot husband. You know, they have amazing sex. And maybe that's why I was watching it. But anyway, um, <laughs> so it was good. Uh, <laughs> but all of a sudden, then I don't, didn't like this at all. All of a sudden, we find out that he's abusive. He's physically and, and emotionally abusive toward her. And so then she finally, but everybody thinks they have the perfect life, which is classic, right? Everybody thinks all these people have these perfect lives. But anyway, there's no perfect life. Uh, so she finally gets fed up and she, you know, I think she needs him in the in the family jewels and he fractures his urethra uh and this is a a sex injury typically unless you get need in the family jewels um but if you this can happen during rough sex got your attention now but if you hear this 
during sex, an audible snap, then, you know, you want to get yourself off to the emergency room. And everybody in this show thought that they must have been having rough sex and everybody was jealous of them because they were, but that wasn't the case. It was an injury. And so if you see blood as well, you're likely to see blood with this. Um, You know, sometimes you can remain erect after this happens even. So um, if you notice bruising on your scrotum and your penis, um, blood when you void, uh, then you... um, or painful urination, that's another symptom of this, you'll want to go straight to the emergency department because your penis likely becomes swollen. Don't get too excited about that. Um, And uh, it's sort of spongy. (laughs) It's the wrong time, I'm telling you. Um, So a penis fracture, urethral fracture um, can happen. So just beware. You know me. I like to give out the public service announcements here. Um, But that's absolutely no reason... um, you know, the abusive relationships, absolutely no time for that. I have no patience for it. If you are in an abusive relationship, I um, I feel terrible for you because there, there it is a syndrome. Uh, there are certain things that, um, you know, happen and, and your behavior becomes very different. You become um, sucked in with this, this cycle of abuse where they will, um, you know, be abusive and then they're nice. They're, it's very confusing. They may gaslight you, um, they, um, it's, it can be very psychological, emotional abuse is a whole lot worse than physical abuse. Physical abuse is terrible. Forcibly confining somebody is abuse. Also, um, smashing, um, smashing things in the house, for example, that's also considered abuse as well. Um, so that, uh, it's, it's interesting that, um, uh, that, Real life is being showed on TV, at least in Netflix. And also, Reese Witherspoon is the producer, and she stars in this uh, show, Big Little Lies. If you haven't caught it on Netflix, you know, (laughs) you're going to actually lower your opinion of me once you watch it. But it's interesting. And even they said guys are even interested in it. You know, it is kind of interesting. There's lots of different people's lives. You know, it's a good escape from your troubles for a little while. But in this program, there's like eight women acting between the ages of 25 and 50. And oftentimes in Hollywood, and Reese Witherspoon talks a lot about this, in Hollywood even, that they don't hire women. You know, let's face it. It is harder for women in this world in a lot of different ways. And we have heat-eating now. That's a new term. Um which is coined, I forget who coined it, but um, I, I bow to her who coined this because it happens all the time where you come up with an idea in a meeting and then the men all, you know, nobody says anything. They're just like, you're pretty underwhelmed by your suggestion. And then, you know, George all of a sudden decides to say it and then, oh my gosh, that's a marvelous idea. Everybody's clapping and we're, you know, moving on with that. Um, and so that happens in every single industry. And I was even, you know, sometimes I uh, deal with people who have found themselves on the wrong side of the law. And uh, so I had to, uh, such was the case with a young woman recently who'd, um, you know, gotten herself on the wrong side of the law. And, um, but, you know, when I, when I spoke to her, she said that, you know, she was in this relationship where she kept having to do whatever the husband wanted to do. And that meant he traveled all over, you know, they moved like every six months and they never put any roots down. 
um, because he made more money than she did. But she didn't have an opportunity to go to school. And she was really smart and hilarious, I have to say. She had had a few drinks. But anyway, I digress. Um, But she wanted to be an accountant. She was good at math and wanted to be an accountant. And, you know, here's the thing. Like, I'm going to segue into um, Hugh Hefner and all the things that have been said about him. And one of the things that has been said about him, especially by the Playboy Bunnies, was that, you know, he was abusive and that it was, they were, a lot of those bunnies went to that mansion, uh, apparently, to, um, because it was like a job for them. It wasn't really even considered a job. It was that they didn't have a place to live. They didn't have a career. They couldn't really do anything. And so, you know, he gave them an allowance and they were to live and be and do whatever. And I have no idea what, I mean, there's lots of stories out there about what went on in the Playboy Mansion in terms of orgies and group sex. And and, and some women are, of course, after they have um, been Playboy bunnies and then left the mansion, they're now saying that, um, you know, that they were abused and, you know, writing books um, about this. You know, but is it the best idea? You know, perhaps they didn't get the guidance that being a Playboy bunny was not uh, a good job or, or you know, a, a job that you would necessarily be proud of. Uh, later on in life. And, you know, and of course, maybe if you're selling your soul and um, that kind of thing. So it's about this sort of ambition thing. And ambition for women is a dirty word. And Reese Witherspoon talks a lot about that. But that is why I say you, you, you have to have ambition, ladies. You have to make your own way in life because you might have to. And so I got this really mean email <laughs> from this lady. Um, and I'm not even going to read you the first part of it because it was so mean. Um, and But she said this one. She said, Dear Maureen, I don't listen to your show. And the reason I don't listen? Because you condone cheating within a marriage slash partnership. You have absolutely no idea what you are talking about. I ended up with STIs and was thrown out of my home for the floozy. Yes, no defense, no money, homeless, no job, no nothing. Be careful what you condone, Maureen. One day it will come back to bite you. And I just called her, doesn't go with the flow. That was the nice part. Um, but, you know, I don't condone uh, inter, uh, extramarital affairs. I condone intramarital affairs. I don't condone extramarital affairs or cheating. What I condone is, uh, I don't condone it. What I say is it will happen. It can happen if it happens to you. And this is a prime example. This is a woman who was dependent on a man for her way in life and um, and ends up when the when the divorce happens or he leaves for somebody else, she has no money likely no self-esteem, you know, ends up homeless. This is what can happen. This is a reality. So get your education, you know, work as hard as you possibly can. You have ambition, go with it. Here's another email I got that was sort of related to that. Dear Maureen, last week I looked at my husband's phone and found a series of sexting messages he had with a woman. I'll call Margaret. I was furious. This woman coming after my husband made my blood boil. So I put a stop to that. I called her because I had her number and I threatened her. I totally lost it on her. Fix that. Anyway, okay. Um, you know why? Here's the, the thing. Absolutely no mention of the husband. Her problem does not lie with the woman he was sexting with, allegedly sexting with, because... Um, because she maybe didn't even know that he was married, right? And um, maybe she did. Uh, maybe she wanted him to be married. Maybe she was married. Who knows? You don't know. But um, the problem lies with her husband, not with the other woman. So have self-esteem. Make as much money as you possibly can. Have that ambition. 
you know, speak up. And, um, you know, I, I deal with it all the time. I work with a lot of men. I deal with it all the time. And, um, and it's not easy, I will tell you. But even in a meeting this week, I was at a meeting, um, and one of the guys at the table, who I love dearly, I had say, he said, why don't we get her? She's a woman. I'm like, you're kidding. She's a woman? I mean, really, there's this, you know, and the conversation went downhill from there. But so I say, you know what? Never rely on a man for money um, or, you know, keep your independence, no matter if he's the most wonderful Prince Charming ever. Believe me, it can happen to you. He can cheat. You, It may be a, a, a deal breaker for you. You may end up, you know, having to um, rely on yourself, take care of yourself and pay your own bills. I am Maureen McGrath. You're listening to the Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980 CKNW. Welcome back to the Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980 CKNW. Maureen McGrath here. We're in the final strokes of the program talking about a playboy who passed away this week at the age of 91, still considered a playboy because he left such a massive legacy. But apparently he didn't leave uh, such a massive amount of money. He was worth a whole lot less than you might think. He also had a very dark side. The uh, Playboy magazine, of course, was known for its literary articles. Uh, Helen Gurley Brown contributed and um, uh, Margaret Atwood contributed to that magazine and Kurt Vonnegut contributed. He also uh, had over 30 articles about the Roe v. Wade case, the right to abortion for women and also women's rights. He was a very controversial figure um, that really put sex on the map, let's say. Uh, he ushered in the sexual revolution. Uh, he was um, he waged war or, or feminists waged war on him um, and he battled back and uh, and made no bones about that. There, um, you know, he had that that uh, logo, that um, very, very, um, it's probably the biggest brand awareness, you know, the best branding ever, um, uh, at least one of them, the bunny with the, which is playful and vivacious and, and silly and, and youthful, um, but had a touch of elegance with the bow tie. And perhaps that matched the touch of elegance with his red robe, his smoking jacket, I believe is what they were called in those days. But, um, you know, there was a lot to this man. Um, and, and in fact, Helen Gurley Brown not only contributed to the magazine, but she was inspired to create Cosmopolitan magazine, which is still around today. Um, but there were many other. John Steinbeck contributed, Jack Kerouac, um, the feminist Ursula Le Guin, Ian Fleming, Ray Bradbury, many, many contributors to this. Uh, he also engaged the writings of physicians. He openly supported women's rights issues. He was all about inclusiveness. So I think uh, Langley has a little lesson to learn from Hugh Hefner, at least in terms of the inclusiveness. Of course, um, there is uh, a dark side because nobody's ever perfect. And the dark side um, was outlined in a book written by Holly Madison. Um, And the name of the book is, uh, well, it's escaping me. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll think of it. I'll Google it. Um, but anyway, she wrote about her experience as a playboy bunny and the depression that she, um, faced, but she also talked about, a, she was working at Hooters, a job she loved. Okay. There's something wrong there. <laughs> um, but, and she had to leave that in order to, um, go, well, she left that job because she went to a party, I guess. And, 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 you know, when you're 24, 25 and, and you go to a party and it's at a mansion and, 
um, you know, you can get sucked in. And, and so she, she chose that basically at, at that uh, stage of her life. Um, she chose to live there. Um, and then, you know, after, um, after it was all said and done, um, and, you know, guys like Hugh Hefner, I imagine and I'm not condoning any of what she talks about, which is the abuse and um, the uh, potentially um, or the um, putting up walls between the girls and and sort of promoting fights with, with within the group of the girls. And but, you know, that's the thing. Women do that anyway. Women, he didn't have to. Um, and that doesn't help our cause in any way. Um, but he didn't have to promote that. Women are skilled at that. Women don't like to see other women succeed. And hence the email that I had read you just before the break. Um, you know, who does the wife go after? She goes after the woman the guy is sexting with. She doesn't say anything about her own husband. And that's the problem that she has. So women, that's another reason women need to support one another. Uh, but at the end of his life, he was, he'd had several marriages. He was recently married, although apparently they only had sex for like two minutes, which I'm sure a lot of you can relate to, um, in five or six years. Uh, but they, she was a woman who could have been his granddaughter. She was 30 years of age, so 61 years younger than he was, um, apparently signed, a prenuptial agreement that she would get nothing, but apparently didn't have much at the end to leave. Um, he had children. The children loved him. Uh, the children were surrounded him at the, the end of his days. You know, he remained very youthful. We talked about a study tonight, how important that is not to feel your age. And I imagine Hugh Hefner didn't really feel his age and his mind was still youthful, but physically, apparently, according to his sons, it was hard to see him, um, it was difficult to see him um, suffer physically, and so that sort of was what um, what went first. Fortunately, his mind mind didn't go first, but you know he did a lot for sex. You got to say, and he did a lot for the American dream and branding and creating an enterprise and uh, really bringing a lot of attention to it. When you know times were a little bit staid and dull after the war and, and in the fifties and. And, you know, he thought, you know, let's bring movie stars. And, um, you know, and that certainly appealed to people. Um, he started his dream with, I think, five or $6,000, part of which was a loan from his mother. And, um, and so, you know, imagine in 1953, you say, Mom, I need a uh, $1,000. I'm going to start a magazine about sex. You, you good with that? Oh, yeah. So his mother was. Cool mother, huh? Like every boy's dream mother. Um, now, Holly Madison's book was down the rabbit hole, uh, is the name of it. So curious adventures and cautionary tales. Um, you know, but she capitalized on that cautionary tales of a former playboy bunny. So she capitalized on that. She's now happily married. She's made a lot of money off of this, off, off of telling tales um, about what went on. But again, you have to take responsibility for your, your whole life. Now, if I was of that age during that time, which I wasn't, um, uh, but say it was, you know, anyway, and had I said to my parents, I'm thinking, and not that I ever would have uh, qualified. <laughs> I never would have been even considered to be a Playboy Bunny. But I'm certain my parents would have said, not the best idea. Anyway, so take good advice. Uh, you're responsible for your decisions. And, um, you know, it's, it's complex. He was certainly a complicated person. And, um, but, uh, you know, nonetheless, we don't like to see anybody die 
may he rest in peace, and um, and he'll give us a lot to talk about for a long time. Anyway, Matt, thanks so much for helping me out on the show tonight. Always a pleasure. Always a great job there, Matt, Thank I tell you. you. Um, and uh, don't forget, October 19th, North Vancouver Centennial Theatre, Hot Flash in the City. There's a movie, wine, appies, documentary, doctors up there. I'm telling, giving you some of the best dating advice ever. Um, and follow me on Twitter, at back, the number two, the bedroom. Remember, when you stumble on this gravel road of life, make it part of your dance. Go to my new website, backtothebedroom.ca. I am Maureen McGrath, and you've been listening to the Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980 CKNW. You've been listening to a 980 CKNW podcast. Listen live at cknw.com, the Radio Player Canada app, Tune in, Amazon Alexa, HD Radio at 101.1 FM HD2, and on the AM dial, 980 CKNW.